Well, God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on Christmas Day through Jesus Christ our Lord. I have good news for you. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, to save you and me from sin and death. Is that good news or what? Yes. You wouldn't know it if you looked at the news this morning, though. In fact, this Christmas, the Christian church doesn't seem to be making the news much at all considering the pandemic. Uh, and, and that this is the only the second time in American history the church has had to restrict or limit people attending church on Christmas. Now, I do have a, a last-minute update on that because when I checked K2 this morning, there is a bit of news about this in so much as all these requirements that we've been doing, you know, like wearing masks and separating each other from six feet, it's all now for churches just guidance. It's no longer law. We are free to do as we see fit. So what does that mean for us? I don't know yet. I only saw that this morning. But that's an interesting update, isn't it? Now, K2 News also reports that Governor Brown wants teachers to be vaccinated against COVID and other, over other essential workers. Restaurants and bars can now sell booze to go. PDX is quieter this year because of COVID. And the Oregon Zoo opens tomorrow. You can go see the animals in the rain. <laughs> and the only thing I could find on K2 News site regarding Christmas was that Pets are happier this Christmas because their owners are home more. Isn't that nice? You'd think celebrating the birth of Jesus of Nazareth would be newsworthy, but even in COVID, it's the same old thing to the world, I guess. Fulfillment is newsworthy. <laughs> Jesus is the fulfillment. But the fulfillment of what? Many might ask, the fulfillment of every human wish? The fulfillment of every utopian dream? You know, over the years, people have treated Jesus like clay, you know, shaping him into their own image as the answer to their own self-determination and desires. Just think of all the, the images, or just think of all the things that Jesus has been formed into by people, you know? Is, is Jesus the teacher of progressive morals? Well, that was the view of Thomas Jefferson. You know, in terms of politics, Jefferson may have been something, but as a theologian, he was terrible. He was practically a heretic. In fact, he created his own Bible and snipped out Good Friday and Easter and other essential parts. Or is Jesus... Uh, a Hindu sage? Is he a New Age thinker and teacher? Is Jesus the Marxist revolutionary who will help people overthrow their government and establish some new order? Is Jesus the greatest therapist who will help people get in touch with their inner self? Is Jesus the greatest businessman who will help people succeed and gain capital wealth? Is Jesus the Hollywood superstar. I mean, the list goes on and on. Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? 
He may not be newsworthy on K2 coin or KGW, but he seems to be newsworthy enough to appear on the cover of Time magazine in your supermarkets about this time every year, doesn't he? You ever picked one of those up and read it? You ever seen what the Times contributors say about Jesus? I mean, I have picked these things up over the years and read them. And, you know, they're, they're all the same. You're never really clear whether the author actually believes in the person he or she is writing about. You don't really know if they believe in Jesus because, you know, they'll say the same thing. Some believe he's this. Or, you know, faithful believers all over the world will do this and that. You know, it's like they don't want to actually take a position or say that he either exists or existed or not. But one thing is certain, he is the fulfillment. The fulfillment of what? Not the fulfillment of what we concoct in our own imagination, but the fulfillment of what Moses and the prophets spoke about him. He's the mediator of the new and greater pact between you and me and God our Father, the Creator. He is the new and greater high priest after the order of who? Melchizedek. Now, who on earth is this guy? We only hear about him a couple of times in Scripture. Well, here's just a little side lesson for you because we do hear about, we do hear this name on Christmas many times and Melchizedek He's one of the first pagan kings to be converted to know the true God through Abraham. So he was a pagan king somewhere near the Dead Sea and when Abraham was and the, uh, the early, early Israelites, the Hebrews, were marching through the land, uh, they came across Melchizedek and other pagan priests and Melchizedek uh, came to faith somehow. We don't, you know, there isn't really a lot about him. It just happened. And so his name gets, gets mentioned. Jesus is the all-sufficient atoning sacrifice for sin. He is the new and greater temple from which Melchizedek and Abraham and all those patriarchs before worshipped in prototype temples before the temple in Jerusalem. And then Jesus fulfills that final temple in Jerusalem. He's the new and greater and last prophet. He is the fulfillment of the Hebrew Scriptures. Doesn't that seem just a little bit newsworthy? Well, it would seem so. I don't know, maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe it's just us Christians. And Jesus of Nazareth, whose birth we celebrate today, is the new and greater king of this world. He is the king promised by the prophet Isaiah 2,700 years ago in Jerusalem. If you're celebrating Jesus today with me, with us, then let's Isaiah, let Isaiah refresh us of Jesus' job description. The prophet Isaiah announced in his scroll, which is the 23rd book, in your Bibles at home, that there would come a new and greater King David. 
So what you say? This is 2020 going on 2021. Kings of Israel don't relate to America today and our way of government. Well, it's true. God establishes governments on this earth to maintain some order. So we have what we have government-wise. And we don't have kings and a temple. But look, if we're going to run around this world, if we're going to say that we live under a heavenly king as well as a government that he establishes, we are going to need a king, a righteous king, as our ultimate and spiritual king. See, Israel discovered this during the time of the judges. The judges, you know, you remember your, your Israelite history? I mean, this is going back thousands of years, but the judges were people that God raised up among the Israelites to lead and to judge and to maintain order and peace and safety. They were a little bit before the kings. And this is a time when everyone did what was right in his own eyes, not in the eyes of God. They needed a king to lead them in God's ways. But those B.C. kings, man, they never lived up to God's standards. But Isaiah promised that one day Israel would be given just such a king. Jesus of Nazareth is the fulfillment by God himself. Jesus is the Christ. And that word means anointed one. It's not a name. It's a, it means something. He's anointed. Jesus of Nazareth is the anointed king promised by Moses and the prophets. He's special. He's set aside. He's one and only. In several passages, Isaiah made this promise. You heard it in chapter 16. You heard about Moabites and stuff. Well, what is that? Well, Moabite refugees were fleeing the devastation experienced by the land of Moab. Well, you can read more about that on your own this Christmas. <laughs> they sought refuge in Jerusalem. And God then told the people of Jerusalem to receive them and give them shelter. Even though they were pagans, even though they were Gentiles, God, the God of Israel, considered them his own. Let my outcasts sojourn in you, O Jerusalem. Even Moab become a hiding place for them before the devastator when the oppressor will have ceased when devastation will have ended when they when they will have finished from the earth everyone who tramples others they will be established a throne with steadfast love and one will sit enthroned upon it in David's tent with trustworthiness a judge and seeker of justice and one day very swift at righteousness. See, this breaks down a lot of the popular myths about Jesus that you just might read about in one of those Time magazines or one of those TV specials that come out around this time of year on Discovery Channel. Jesus is not just a sage. He's not just a New Age thinker and teacher. He sits upon David's throne. Kings that came before him, he's the ultimate king. And through his prophet Isaiah, God promised that the day will come when every wicked oppressor and every form of devastation will come to an end. This is something you and I look forward to as Christians. 
When that happens, there will be a new king from the line of David, and he will stir enthroned upon David's throne. That's Jesus, the Messiah that Isaiah is talking about. And that throne will be established by God's steadfast love and trustworthiness to remain forever. It's another thing you're not going to read too much about in these Time Magazine things about Jesus is the coming age and the things that you and I Christians look forward to, like life forever and forgiveness of sin and a bodily resurrection. You know, you and I are going to be who we are forever, not some floating soul in space. Isaiah gave a, gave a similar promise in chapters 9 and 11, which you didn't hear today, but I have read from some of those these past several Sundays during Advent, that there will come a righteous king who will sit upon David's throne, establishing peace, establishing peace and ruling with righteousness. He's not going to be like all these corrupt kings of Israel, and certainly not like the corrupt kings, potentates, and despots of today's time. Israel had seen their share of those kinds of kings, and I dare say that you and I have too, in our lifetimes. Every generation since has suffered under such rulers, self-aggrandizing, self-exalting, and self-enriching, and self-glorifying world over who constantly victimize others to seek their own coercive power. Things haven't changed much, folks. But this future king promised by Isaiah will not just be another corrupt and oppressive king of the world. This future king will rule in righteousness, which means, you know, that's a churchy word I throw around a lot, righteousness. It means everything's right with man and God. Everything's the way God wants it to be. That's righteousness. Along with his steadfast love and trustworthiness, to live under him and his kingdom will be a blessing and joy. It already is. Now the angel Gabriel declared the same thing to Mary as we've heard in Luke 1. He will be a great he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of who? His father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus of Nazareth did sit on the throne of David, and it took the shape of a cross. Above him was written the King of the Jews, right? Dying by Roman crucifixion, Jesus was ruling, not ruling like a Caesar, not like that kind of king, or a king of this world, but ruling over sin itself and conquering it for Israel and for all the nations, all the peoples. He was bodily raised from the dead, and on the third day, as the ruling victor over death itself, he has conquered death for you and me. He swallowed it up. He was exalted to the right hand of God. And now, for 2,000 years, Jesus of Nazareth has been ruling on David's exalted throne, ruling all, over all powers and authorities and rulers, both seen and unseen. He rules as the new and greater king promised by Isaiah the prophet. He rules to the benefit of his church, you all and me, 
and to the benefit of everyone in your household. Through baptism, His Spirit brought you under His blessed rule. Jesus of Nazareth is now your King, your Lord, and that means eternal life with Him in His kingdom with His Father and Spirit. Is that newsworthy or what? You and I may, may enjoy certain amounts of freedom, but we're not autonomous. And that's a good thing. Because on our, on our own, without God, we would destroy each other. We would destroy ourselves. We are, we're already our own worst enemy when it comes to the spiritual things. But we have the blessing of living under the saving rule of Israel's Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And the rule of His, his kingdom is new and greater than every, anything that can ever be made by man here on this earth. Even the last book of your Bible reminds us of this truth when the exalted Jesus says, I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Jesus, the righteous king and servant, took your sins upon himself and gave you his righteousness. He rules with righteousness in a surprising way by giving sinners His righteousness in order to make them the citizens of His kingdom, as we heard in our confession and absolution today. He rules in righteousness by giving you His righteousness, and you now stand righteous before God the Father. Heard all this before? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Is it news for the world? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? More people need to hear it. Today we celebrate the birth of the king of this world. He rules on David's throne with righteousness. Jesus of Nazareth is the fulfillment of Moses and the prophets and the fulfillment for you to bring you peace and eternal life and hope for a blessed future. He is the king promised by Isaiah, mighty seer of old. And that's good news for you and me. So rejoice. I know it's early. I know you got you haven't had your coffee yet maybe. But it's reason to give thanks because Jesus was born in the flesh for you. He rules now and will come again in glory and we will see him with our own eyes. Then will come to an end every oppressive rule of this age and every oppressive virus and pandemic and war and sedition and all that. Then the promise of Isaiah will reach its future consummation. Glory be to Christ who rules now and forever. Amen.